Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, Chris Miggs. Ah, oh, good to see you, Garrett. It's been a long, it's been a long day. Um, we, we watched Wrestle Kingdom this morning, so we're recording at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. I woke up at 3 a.m. Eastern Time uh, to watch uh, Japanese wrestling, so it's been a weird, and it's also, it's been kind of a weird, um, it's been a weird week. I, I gotta tell you, I've done, I did something kind of weird. I don't think you've done, you said, mentioned that you did something kind of weird, but I, I gotta admit this, I don't think anything's topping this. Can I tell you about this, Garrett? Yeah, I would, I'd love to hear it. So, um, you may have heard, well, you probably know, and this is not weird, that I love Minoru Suzuki. He's amazing. Yeah, who doesn't? He's great. Right. And so Suzuki is not on the New Japan tour this month. He's not doing New Japan this month. He's in all Japan pro wrestling. Mm. And despite the fact that um, I have uh, many wrestling streaming services, um, New Japan World, independentwrestling.tv, Fight TV. We have that free prowrestling.tv thing. Um, I'll buy an AEW pay-per-view if I need to. Obviously, I have the WWE Network through Peacock. I um, I Googled and found out there's an All Japan streaming service. Now, this All Japan streaming service, it does not have the classic 90s matches. Those are apparently owned by a TV network. Can't use it. Those are all that. on Tubi, I'm sure. Sure, somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, so only to watch recent, and they have some like 2010s matches too, but only to watch this month's Minoru Suzuki matches. I gave All Japan Pro Wrestling 900 yen, which is $7.24. Okay. And I mean, um, I, yeah. I'm now a subscriber to the All Japan streaming service. For, I mean... For a while? Like, this is just for a month so you can see this Suzuki tour? Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be doing this. So, I don't know if Suzuki's, like, the champ at the end of this. Maybe I'm just a permanently an All Japan subscriber, too. <laughs> maybe that's just a thing for me now. Maybe that's who I am as a person. Um, but last night, I listened to some of the Dax Harwood podcast, which was enjoyable. And I watched uh, multiple uh suzuki matches the last couple of days then i watched a, a tag match from uh like 10 or 12 years ago where he wrestled mudo um when they could both kind of move it was it was very entertaining and i think this is just this is just who i am now garrett um so i i i, I know i'm sure there's no way whatever you did was quite that weird i'm sorry for like stepping on this but i just i just oh, figured i'd get that out of the way at the top you're right. You're right. You did beat me on on the weirdness. I do have to ask uh, how functionally how is the app? Uh, is it better than the New Japan World app? So I don't think there's an app. I just opened it up on on my MacBook and and watched it. I don't know if I have other options, and I'm I'm okay with that. You can airplay to your TV. It's fine. I'll figure that out. It's fine. Um. Yeah. You're right. I can't. I can't beat that. But uh. I am going to open this bold, crisp stag as mm. I tell you this story. So we had a lot of guests over the weekend. Uh, we had some friends in town and we, we, we partied pretty hard. Yeah. We, not that weird, Garrett. You have a lot of friends. Yeah. We, 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 we partied pretty good all weekend. Uh, and how the weekend started when our friends got here, it was on New Year's Eve. 
and me and a couple other guys, we sat around and watched approximately, let's say, seven-ish hours of slap fighting okay. on Fight Plus. Um, I can tell you all the rules of slap fighting. There's only a few. <laughs> you cannot club, which I think means you, you kind of have to bend your arm. You can't like have a straight arm. And I think you have to hit them with a very specific part of your hand. Okay. So it is less punch-like. There's no stepping, so you have to stay completely stationary. A foot moves, you're penalized. Gotcha. And the most important, no flinching. If you flinch while you're getting slapped, you get two for being a bitch. I mean, that's not weird, Gareth. That's that's basic schoolyard rules, my understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after a long night of drinking... New Year's Day, our friends decided we had so much fun hanging out and watching slap fighting yesterday and drinking. We're going to stay an extra night. Uh, So the next night was completely sober. We watched another, let's say, an additional four hours of slap fighting Um, because one of the shows itself was four hours long. Um, But then while we were doing it, my wife realized while her friend was there, uh, our friend Ashley, who runs the Keep It Weird podcast, um. Well, uh, Ashley and my wife are very weird. And my wife, while she was giving birth, asked, may I keep the placenta? And the doctor said, why? And she said, I would like to make a plasagna, uh, a placenta lasagna. And I had to keep that thing on ice the whole time she was in the hospital. uh, Make sure that it survived. I got it home, got it you know, wrapped and everything to keep it from freezer burn. It's been sitting in our freezer ever since. While they were here, she realized we never did that. So as we're all sober watching slap fighting, my wife goes to the other room to make a placenta lasagna. And as I watched her cut that open, it started to make everybody sick and everybody was afraid to try it. And um, you know what? First day of the year. 2023, I thought it would be good luck to eat the thing that provide my son nutrients. (laughs) You know, I don't know if there's any truth that there was going to be good luck. It just, it felt like something I needed to do. So while watching a slab fight tournament, I ate my wife's placenta. Uh, Garrett, that's weirder than me getting another wrestling streaming service, I gotta admit. Didn't cost me a dime, <laughs> I guess, other than not, the ricotta and the noodles. Not, yeah, I mean, that didn't cost you a, a bit of yen. Um, <laughs> not even, I mean, the yen is very weak right now. So again, as the 900 yen is not that bad, but um, how did it taste? Um, I would say the, the, the actual taste was not horrible, but the texture was very grainy. Um, it was, it was very off-putting, especially, I think if I hadn't seen her cutting it open and like pulling it out of like the sack layer that it's in. And it was just, it was, uh, it was a little off-putting, but I did take a video of me eating plasagna while two guys fucking wailed on each other in the background. Um, slap bite into trip. Was it, um, so is it supposed to do good things for you? It's supposed to be like. Is it like like healthy for you? Are you gonna like have superpowers now, like dad superpowers? Or see, I think it's 
I don't know. I think maybe it's supposed to be good for the mom to eat some and maybe it's good for the baby. Like somehow it goes back around. I think for me, it was nothing. I think for me, I'm just a gross fucking weirdo who's like, give me some of that human meat because when am I going to get to eat my wife again? <laughs> I mean, that is one of the hard things, you know, right after baby. I mean, it gets time to get things back, you know, just to take some time. Garrett, um, you got to give him some time. Um, well, I guess, he, well, and, but I guess it's, you know, it's nice. It's progressive in the sense that, you know, nor you're saying, look, it's be good for the mom, be good for the baby. But why would we exclude the dad? Like, just because it sounds kind of weird. Was it, and I like that it's in a lasagna because the lasagna mm-hmm. is delicious, right? So I'm presuming around the placenta aspect, you had some nice ricotta, some noodle, you know, it was was it like layers of was there like a layer of placenta with layers of noodle and ricotta? Yeah, you know, it was like it was like a parfait. You know, were there, there vegetables? Was, there, I don't think there was any vegetables. I think uh, there was just you know marinara, placenta, noodles. You know, a couple layers of each. Like it was in a it was in a pretty deep deep little pan that she made. Oh, so I was assuming that's a lot of placenta. I, I was assuming there was not a ton of placenta. That it was like a a little bit of placenta, but this was oh, enough. It was, to- it was certainly more than you would think. Uh, there was, mm. like, I mean, the pieces of meat that I was eating, I would say, were about the size of, like, like sirloin tips. Oh, okay. Okay, so this isn't like a bolognese. Because I feel like lasagna, you think kind of like a bolognese. This is, this is, like, layers of meat. Like, if you'd put, like, a layer of, like, sliced beef within the lasagna. No, this wasn't ground. This was more, I think the lasagna was there. This is more of like a spoonful of ricotta helps the placenta go down situation. Now, did other people end up eating the placenta? My wife tried one piece. Uh, the other two friends, our friend that has the podcast ended up getting too grossed out by it and felt like she felt queasy and lightheaded uh, from the idea of doing it. What does she and host ev- a podcast about? Uh, her, yeah, her podcast is just about weird thing, you know, supernatural aliens, just overall weird, like serial killers, you know, just that kind of shit. So it, it felt too like gro- she like should have had too a Too gross for her to yeah. to do, and so that's impressive. That reminds me of a time I um, it's I, it, <laughs> I had a friend who ran an Ironman triathlon. What of him and- did you eat? <laughs> Ah, uh, just a little hair. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we were, uh, we were hanging out, and we were like, "Oh, hey, tomorrow we should like go for a jog around like Central Park or something." And I was like, "Okay, I'm a decent jogger, and you're, you're not going heavy on me or anything. We're just gonna like have a light jog and just hang out." And uh, back when I, I did such things and didn't eat, um, like stay up all night, uh, drinking Monster and uh, eating garbage. Um, to watch that while I watch Japanese wrestling and, um, but she, we were out drinking that night before we were going to go run and I showed up the next day and she didn't. Um, so I sent her a text that said, uh, I was more iron than the iron woman. Um, because I had, I had defeated her that in that again, now again, I could not swim nor bike nearly as far nor run like a marathon. So, I mean, again, a little bit of a holiday. But victory. you showed up, and that's the bare minimum. <laughs> exactly. And I think you you have a, a friend who runs a podcast on weirdness, and you defeated her by 
being the only one to eat. I think that's a huge victory for you, Garrett. And I hope you rub it in her face every time you see her from now on. I think to one up this, I have to eat somebody's placenta. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least not your wife's. Yeah. 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 Um, it could be it, someone it, you know. Do you have any like friends who are going to keep placentas anytime soon? I mean, maybe you just literally right down the street. One of our great, our good friends is pregnant right now. She will go. be giving birth in approximately one fucking month. <laughs> I'm, I got to get my hands on that that uh, that sweet Santa. <laughs> it did start to make everybody sick because Leah just took the one bite and then I ate like three. And then just sat there as we were quietly watching slap fighting and was picking around the placenta, still eating the lasagna. <laughs> and everybody's like, fucking quit it. Just go eat something else. Like, don't sit here and eat. <laughs> but also, now, was this, is there like a, uh, is this like a thing on like TikTok or something? Or like, like, how did, how did this idea come to your wife? Well, I think I I know for sure there was a comedy YouTube like these two uh, Australian ladies talking about it and how to prepare it and everything. And we did watch the video and see how they prepared it. But at the end, it cuts right before they eat it. Uh, and that's where they're different from me. Uh, I I ingested. I put it on Instagram. I tagged Slap Fight, <laughs> who did comment on it. And I tagged my wife and I tried to tag Fight TV. And then I realized I could not find Fight TV. Why is this? Do you remember when we went to, um, <laughs> to Forbidden Door and yeah. I posted a video of Sting and Darby fighting the Young Bucks? Yeah. I got banned from Instagram for over a week because Fight TV uh, got me banned from, for using content that was technically theirs, even though it was a video I took from inside the arena. Oh. And I forgot that for about a week and a half, I had a pretty decent grudge with Fight TV on social media. So think about the last few weeks, how much we've been sucking Fight Plus's dick. Yeah. There was a time. I can't find them because I'm blocked by them. <laughs> <laughs> And I forgot because they blocked me. And after a while, I was able to be like, hey, fuckers, I give you so much money every month. You only have access to giving people this in the UK. And you're getting me blocked. And then for like a week, every time I posted a video, I would tag Fight TV and be like, you don't own anything in this video that I took, do you? I just don't want to get banned again. And eventually they completely blocked me from being able to see their content. So I will say that's a babyface turn by Fight. We talked about babyface turns of the year. Babyface turned by fight recently, because otherwise they were heels for you. Big heels. For sure. And it's, it was such a babyface turn that I completely forgot our, about our past. You know, like that is very pro wrestling to just like sweep something under the rug. And now we're we're a team, except, you know, we can't look at each other's Instagrams. <laughs> it's not really what, what matters here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we watched uh, uh, aside from eating human organs. Uh, we watched some pretty fucking good wrestling recently. I was going to say, you know, speaking of placentas, <laughs> um, it felt like a new era of New Japan was birthed this morning. I, I, I concur. Yeah, I concur. and and I, if if the placenta here in this analogy 
that I'm not totally not making up off the top of my head right now is um, the Will Ospreay Kenny Omega match and all of the things surrounding it. If that is if that is the placenta, I will I want to eat that all the time. It was not grainy. It was delicious. <laughs> it felt like we were back in what twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was a fucking time machine. Except we're in twenty twenty three. We're in the future, and guess what? Things are back to kind of where they were. Crowds were cheering. Don Callis is on color with Kevin oh. Kelly putting over Kenny Omega and telling the story of the match. And oh, by the way, Kenny Omega is having a New Japan banger um, that like only he can with William Ospreay, who I, I really like. It really struck me how. Because I was talking with someone else saying they were like, you know, where does this rank for both guys? And I was like, well, I mean, this is, I'd say, like in the top tier of Omega matches, but it's not number one for sure. You know, it's like. If you're ranking a list of top 10 Omega matches, maybe it makes it somewhere on the list. But I think this is definitely Will Ospreay's best match. And the reason why is in part because I think he leveled up in his relationship with the crowd during this match in a way that is going to positively affect his like relationship and, and ability to have big matches in the future. But like, yeah, like the match with Ibushi and the matches with Shingo and even the matches with Okada, they were all really good. But it was still kind of like, I don't know, Osprey was playing this like cocky heel and it wasn't like, it was good. He was great. I mean, uh, great. Love the matches. No complaints, right? No, no arguments about Will Osprey is a really great wrestler. But it felt like in this match, with him playing kind of the baby face, uh, against Omega that like everything sort of clicked for him in a way that where it was like, oh, we're not going to look at Will Ospreay the same way again. He's not just going to be, oh, he's a, a guy that does great spots and he's enjoyable. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, Will Ospreay has this like has big fucking matches. Um, and I just want, yeah, I want to see all of them. I want to see the next year's worth of of these matches. Did it make you feel like I don't like we haven't had Kenny Omega in AEW has not been bad. I don't want that to make it sound like that's what I'm saying. But does it make you feel like we're getting a lesser Kenny Omega in AEW when like this just this just hit me with such a reminder of what New Japan Kenny Omega was and was capable of. Yeah, I think I think the issue ultimately is that while it is awesome that we have AEW in our lives, and I really wouldn't trade it for anything, the new J- the AEW Kenny and the New Japan Kenny are a bit different. And ultimately, the best Kenny Omega is probably New Japan Kenny Omega. I think his character and his work and the way he does things are just ultimately best suited for that environment. Not that he's poorly suited for AEW. Like, He's like a 9.9 out of 10 in AEW. It's just that in New Japan, he's a 13 out of 10. Like, it's just, he just explodes the, like, uh, levels of what could be. Particularly when, here's the, and here's the other thing. I think there is very few, like, I think Kevin Kelly is a very good announcer. I think Don Callis is great. I think the two of them together are kind of like a top i don't know like five or so 
like all time team. But if they're doing just some other match, like if they had called Okada against Jay White, they're great, right? They're really they're really good together, and you'd be, enjoy that. When Don Callis is calling a Kenny Omega New Japan match, it's like it's like if we'd gotten um, well, we've gotten more of it. It's more than just like you know. I, to me, the only like decent analogy is Bobby Heenan doing the '92 Rumble with Flair, and Heenan did do other Flair matches over that year. So I'm, I was thinking like, it's only one time. It's like, it's just the one's the greatest of all time, but it's that level, right? Where it's like the level of the, the synergy of the announcer and the wrestler is just so high. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so good to be back. I jumped when they, that, when we got to the finish of that match, I literally jumped off my couch. Was there any part of you going into the match because we had not really gotten singles Kenny Omega matches in a year. I mean, no. I think in the last year, the only one that has existed is this one that was on Dark. Yep. yep. That was maybe literally the only one. And I guess it was against the Japanese guy. Um, I didn't see it, mm-hmm. but I hear it happened. You know, uh, John Moxley fucking knows it happened. We know that for sure. <laughs> um, but was there any part of you that were like, I wonder like if he'll be able to, still be Kenny Omega. Nah. I <laughs> I believed in Kenny. I was just I was just like it's going to be I I didn't know exactly how good it was going to be, but I was like it's just going to be pretty good. I don't think I doubted him, but I think that as the match started going like there was just a, a something clicked where it was like, "Oh no, he is our Michael Jordan of pro wrestling. He is Kobe Bryant. This is this is the GOAT. This is the like he is our fucking guy." And when he is put in the situation to put on this kind of match, he absolutely can, even though he's only had multi-man practice for the last four months. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Just And just a, a, a lot of the ways they did things, the fact that they went to a more, a little bit like the Jericho match, but very different, that, that they went to a little bit more of an intense um a bloody little bit of blood and i loved i really loved the way they got to that blood sort of scenario right where osprey comes down on the turnbuckle goes down turn all he gives, of his he gives him the ddt from the top rope head first onto an exposed turnbuckle right that, i'd never seen that before that was amazing amazing oh, yeah exactly amazing and then when they land right you're like oh his guys, the United Empire, all immediately go to him, which, first of all, they just, again, the way they swarmed was great. Gave you that really feel of, like, oh, they're, they're worried about him because they don't normally do that. But then also, I was like, oh, that's so fucking clever because that's, as they're crowding him and they can't shoot close, that's the blade, <laughs> right? That's the perfect moment, like, to where he's literally shrouded to get, to come, for him then, for them to be, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then he comes up out of that and you're like, oh, shit. And um, he is yeah. leaking. Like right. he is, there are puddles uh, from the floor to him getting back in the ring. Like he is, he is a mess. Yeah. And Omega just goes at, I, just like the sadisticness. And that, again, I think I, I really liked, I think there's an interesting sort of character moment for Osprey here where he like fancied himself the bad guy. Right, he fancied himself. I'm the I'm the evil guy. I'm I'm gonna turn on Okada. I'm gonna be like tough. Um, 
And he did the, that weird thing where he like even did the os cutter to be priestly because she was leaving, but you know, like turfing his own girlfriend, trying to be like, you know, Mister, like I'm a tough, you know, New Japan badass kind of thing. And then Kenny comes back, and it's like, no, this is this is got this guy's really gonna screw you up. And in doing that, it's sort of, again that's what I think made him kind of the baby face, right? Because now he's like that aspect of his character had been exposed and he's like no i'm nice boy william osprey and i just want to win this wrestling match and sort of that character comes out when he realizes like he's not the badass in the sense that he thought he was he was kind of a fraud but in realizing that he's a fraud he can become himself by shedding that it's beautiful man (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm just uh, I that's that's why again. This is why I love like big the when New Japan matches are great. And this is why like last year, right? I thought there were a lot of really good New Japan matches where I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. That was fun. That's a really good match. But there weren't any matches that I came out of last year, like going like, oh man, what does this mean? Like, how do they did do this how you know what does this mean going forward and how does this like change the, like this is the kind of match where you're like oh yeah i could i could talk for hours about what omega did and what omega you know osprey did and all of them and like i just that's what i that's what i loved about new japan three years ago yes and there was watching this man i mean everything leading up to it was perfectly fine like i saw even good things leading up to this match you know but there was something when this match hit, it made me realize that for at least three years, I haven't had this. I've seen a plenty of good matches, but this is such a specific new Japan thing that this is why we were tuning in to the pay-per-views. This is what got us like, you know, why you would fly across the fucking world to go to one of their shows is to experience that. And I don't know. There was just like, we were been so down on it. I mean, know oh, you've, you've been more tuned in, but like, I've not watched a thing and it, it kind of lost the luster, but man, if we're going to go back to this and like have some fresh matchups and just get this style of storytelling and in ring work, like, you know what? Maybe Deathmatch really was filling a hole for me while new Japan was gone because I didn't need glass in that match, Chris. And I feel like for the last few years, I've only wanted glass. <laughs> um, did so? I, I do want to. I I have to mention there were a couple spots in it I really really loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is when he uh, Omega has Osprey up on his shoulders and is trying to give him the one winged angel from the the top rope. And he can't quite get him. So instead, he throws him in the air, catches him, and then falls backwards into a nasty German suplex. It is that level of just high-level dangerousness. <laughs> that... And one of my favorite things about that moment in that match, right, is that, and it's the only, I, it's like the weird, like the only thing I dislike in the first Okada Omega match is the kick out after the like giant, like top rope dragon suplex it just looks to me like too big i'm like that's kind of i don't know that's the one thing where i was like "Eh, it's kind of a big move to kick out of like that 
he does that move right and and kenny kind of rolls through with him and he's like trying to punish he kind of does like a power bomb and kind of comes out of it because he's kind of having fun with him he's being a dick and callus calls it out he's like oh come on kenny you should have just taken the pin there but that moment right in that it's that because that looks like it it should kill anyone that move right but that yeah he just kind of wants more he's like i control him now i want to finish this (laughs) kind of that sadisticness drives the match forward and and explains why it's not the end you know in a good way and then just by the end when they aren't letting go of each other's wrists and are just punishing each other and you just i don't know i i don't i'm trying to decide if i ever thought there was a chance that kenny wouldn't win but i did think i wasn't sure in the sense that you know omegas i i don't know how what their plan is for the u.s title and how they want to i I was like I could I was like I could believe that they were going to set up that this was where Osprey had got a big win. I I definitely felt that felt that way, but it is exciting to see where he goes from here. Just because I like you said, I I think he this is a situation where losing elevated him huge, huge. Um, although the other thing I would say the only other spot to call out is just when when they roll in and again it, it's it's in that thing where they're rolling and holding the wrists. And they get into position and you're like, v- no, that's not a V trigger. That's the Kamigoi. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, that is the callback to all the Kenny Omega lore and the Ibushi and all the things that like, when you're just like, mm. and then the V and then the one winged angel. And that's like, this is again, this is the why of like, yes, I want to, I could sit here and unpack these matches for like days. Right. Like that's those are the kinds of matches we, we've been missing. And just he, during that match, it didn't feel like we were in Japan anymore. Like we were in the Tokyo Dome, but th- we were no longer around the polite Japanese crowd that is obeying the rules of don't cheer <laughs> and stay silent, not to spread disease. If we find out that Jap- all of Japan is dead <laughs> next week no, from no. COVID. It's all going to come back to this one match the when they got 25,000. They can cheer, but just not too long. They have to consider the time length of their cheerings. Of their cheerings. <laughs> well, I saw these rules. I'm like, who, who on earth wrote these rules for humans? Like They wrote them, but they didn't take into consideration the 34 minutes and 38 seconds that Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay were going to mm-hmm. be tearing down the goddamn Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I felt real bad for Okada and uh, Jay White to follow that. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. Like, absolutely fucking evil to make that be the... I don't know, but I guess that happened in 2018 when they had Omega Jericho and then Naito and uh, Okada like was good. I don't but... think that, but I don't think to me that wasn't the same in the sense that that Okada and Naito you could see Naito winning that. That felt like it was maybe Naito's moment. I think everybody um, thought it was. Right. And so that had drama and like, that, yeah, I don't know if those matches were like, which one was better, but like they could match that. Okada and Jay White, um, it's the, it's the year of Antonio Inoki. He's died. Uh, it's the 50th anniversary. Inoki uh, uh, died two months ago. Okada is the like living embodiment of this. They've made a whole t-shirt with the two of them on it. 
Um, it just felt like there's like there's no fucking way anything other than Jay White eating a rainmaker at the end. The <laughs> the one time they got me, and I actually thought, um, this is where again I was like, where the fuck is Don Callis? That they, they totally undersold. I thought uh, Okada kicking out of the Blade Runner because they protect Blade like not quite at the level of of One Winged Angel, but they protect the Blade Runner so hard. So hard. So th- that was the only the only moment where I was like, "Oh fuck!" I think he's gonna. Oh no, kick out. That's a big moment right there. But other than that, like, and and they, I it, I just didn't think the reaction from the announcers and the way they sold it was like big enough for like, fuck. No one gets. No one kicks out of Blade Runner. No one kicks out of that. Um, he's been killing people with that for like four years straight now. That should be a big deal. But yeah, at, and other after that, it was just like mm, he's gonna win. It was a really good match. I don't know. I, that's that's the level though that i felt like a lot of the new japan like main events have been at for a while it was good it was really good i liked it i don't know i'm not gonna uh, think about it yeah i the i don't know i i enjoyed omega osprey so much that okada jay white like i don't want to say it was a letdown but anything following it was going to have a very difficult time unless right Kenny Omega interfered and it became a three-way. Uh, and that's why your son knew that. And he was like, dad, don't worry. Just take care of me for a minute. You'll, you can just keep an eye on Okada. He's like, he's like wake up, dad, dad, come get me, feed me a bottle and then just go back to bed. Watch the main event tomorrow. You'll like it better. If you, <laughs> if you let, let there be some rest in between the two mains. One of my favorite, like early, like dad stories related to new Japan is that dominion 2018. <laughs> Um, my, my daughter was like, uh, less than three months old, less than that. And, uh, she was still waking up at like four in the morning. So she woke up right as like the Jay white six man was happening. And I was like, good girl, my daughter understood. I'm like, thank you. I can, yes, I can definitely feed you during this. And then obviously they had that match. They had the classic Okada, you know, Omega two out of three falls match. And they, they won omega wins it's amazing they do sort of the thing the the things are falling uh abushi comes out whatever all those things they finally they all reunite and like just as it's ending i hear her go and i'm like thank you (laughs) see ozzy was not as considerate (laughs) it was during omega osprey i couldn't tell you how much was left but i was like we are nearing the finish like i sense it there ended up being like maybe five minutes left and he's just starting to like, meh, meh. and I'm like, he can wait. <laughs> I He will be fine. He is, he is okay. And then like, it gradually is like building, building to the point where I hear my wife yell, Garrett, are you up? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, can you get the baby? I'm like, I'm like, I am on the cusp of the end of the thing that is the reason I am awake right now. <laughs> it's hard. It didn't, yeah. uh, that didn't matter to her. And I was no. just like, Oh my God, Jesus Christ. And I like run in and I quickly grab him and I come in and there was maybe 30 seconds left in the match. So I did rewatch the match today. So I got all of it. I still love the baby. I still love my wife. <laughs> it just, it felt like, it felt like the first like test I had as a dad and I would say I got a B minus like I, <laughs> I don't think I got a hundred percent, but I don't think I feel like maybe a C plus at worst. It's really tricky to take care of yourself and a child. Sometimes it really emotion. It just, uh, it's one of the hardest things and 
we'll break that down now, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of taking care of yourself, one of the, the pleasures of a Wrestle Kingdom to me is obviously you're already doing something bad as you're staying up late on a work night or mm-hmm. school night, whatever it may be for you at this time. Um, what? And of course, you're you're awake. You're not gonna have a salad at fucking two in the morning. No. What junk did you fill yourself with? I okay. need to know your snack buffet. Okay, so I went to uh, a seven the Seven Eleven near my house. Um, I got two cans of Monster Rehab, the uh, lemon, uh, the art like basically Arnold Palmer one, which is not to be clear, not tea. Um, I only ended up having one of them, so good on me for not totally binging myself a monster. Here's here's the thing from uh, I think I, I posted this on our Instagram. Um, from left to right, there's uh, a Reese's Crispy Crunchy, um, king size, so it's like basically two bars worth of that. Okay. Uh, Raisinets, which I did not get into. I did not end up getting into the Raisinets. That that for years that was my go to movie snack. Delicious, but I ended up. I feel like I I accidentally doubled up here because I had uh, strawberry pieces covered in chocolate from Seven Eleven. That's apparently a thing they have there. Totally fine. Um, I enjoyed much of something called Frutella, which are gummies with actual fruit pu- fruit puree. They were good. Part of me though feels like maybe it's not as good to be at if they're actually healthy for me at all. And I also had some blueberry donut holes, which again were a mistake. I should have gotten the like, the the like regular chocolate donuts because these were kind of gross. So I took that menagerie in and just spun it around my stomach in the middle of the night. I think the hardest thing for me is at this point a former stoner is there was no salty in there. I, you know, yeah, I really should, again, I, I think I was just, uh, it was too late, I think, when I went to the 7-Eleven. I think I was already kind of tired. Part of me wanted to get, go to the taco truck and get, like, a burrito, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. way too much, Chris. Don't do that. Like, you're going to hate yourself tomorrow if you, like, eat a burrito at four in the morning um, while <laughs> drinking a Monster and then just shove <laughs> Reese's, and you're like, it's going to be bad. Like, <laughs> you're going to go to work, and people are going to wonder why you're in the bathroom so much. Um, so I just, yeah, it's tricky. Did now, what did you, what did you enjoy during the event? So we still had some stuff from, uh, that guests had brought for the new year's Eve party. Mm. A friend brought these rice crispy treats that she made into balls about the size of a softball. <laughs> okay. So I had a couple of those. And then, uh, the other thing, like, I was like, you know what I've never had. I usually just eat trash and this is trash but uh elevated trash i'll say um so the uh maybe a week ago on tiktok i saw somebody do a recipe to elevate like the ramen you would eat in college mm. you know just the very cheap ramen so it's uh some black vinegar some uh sunflower seed oil there is sriracha an egg <laughs> um everything bagel seasoning and ginger ale and a little bit of peanut butter. You put that in, you mix it all up. You you know, you let the, the water sit and it steams for five minutes. It's a pretty decent bowl of ramen for, for very cheap with shit you already had in your cabinet. All right. Interesting. So that's, that's been a nice little treat for me lately. Like that's been, that's been my go-to snack as of late. Right. And, and, and just, also kind of themed. 
that's kind of what I thought. Cause I mean, even like the, uh, the black vinegar and everything, you know, it was from a, from an Asian grocery store. <laughs> so it, you know, I tried to, you know, it just, it felt a little more appropriate. Um, that being said next year, I want to go trash buffet. I think that is, <laughs> that is, that's who I am. That's my style. WrestleMania 18 or Wrestle Kingdom 18. If I'm not there eating shit from the Tokyo Dome, I'll be eating garbage on my couch. Uh, so two things we should hit pretty quickly. Uh, I, I'm kind of in on Zack Sabre leading the weird Aussie guys into some new, as a new stable. They don't have Jonah because he went to WWE. So he's just, back in WWE. Yeah, he's back. He's hanging out with the Miz. It's uh, I hope he's getting paid a lot of money. I'm sure it's great. You could pay me to hang out with the Miz. Yeah. I actually want to. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like Zack Saber as a blonde, and I like Zack Saber as a a stable leader. I, I I feel like that's going somewhere fun, and might sort of open up and refresh things. Uh, the other thing that we saw this morning is um, Mercedes Monet. Is that the correct way to say it? I believe it is. I believe it is. Um, yeah. Which. The, it didn't go like it was exciting to see her. Can't say it went great. It didn't. No, it didn't. I, it, okay. It didn't go great, but we know she's great. We have seen her have yeah. absolute fucking five star bangers in NXT. Like she had an amazing run in NXT. Like she was so good to see her be able to do that, especially because. It sounded like from the beginning, she's wanted to do stuff in Japan. She just mm. didn't think that would ever happen and ended up in WWE. I think maybe she was a little nervous. Maybe the, the chemistry just wasn't there for the, which also, was that the first women's match at the Tokyo Dome? Has that happened before? No, they've done some women's matches, um, some stardom matches. And I think last year, one was even on the main card, if I'm recalling right. They had been like uh, pre-show matches for a bit, and I think they did one. But that was the first defense of the IWGP women's title, which was just established um, like a couple months ago at well, the, the crossover show with Stardom. Don't pat him on the back too hard, because that match was five minutes. There was only, <laughs> it, was, it was five minutes and 47 seconds. They were clearly, though, I mean, I, to be fair, and I, I don't want to overdefend, but like they were clearly, like they were going to give a lot of time to the Sasha thing. Like that segment got, as much time as anything else in the first like two hours did it just the match part was much shorter for that one than most of the other matches because they needed a lot of time for Sasha to walk out and honestly I had heard I think something Melter may have said that uh she Mercedes had been paid similar to what Jericho had been paid to have his whole right. ass match and all she had to do was just kind of be there uh, so, I mean, get your money's worth, get the ladies get out, your, get, get her in. Uh, and you know what? I looked, I have 38 credits on fight. That one is 20. Uh, so I'll probably get that pay-per-view. All right. Um, yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, and we tried to find explanation for this, uh, Tam Nakano's gear, lots of stars of David. Yeah. What no the clear fuck? reason. I tried to Google that in the middle of the night. Maybe I she's an ally. I she's a fan. It's a, now she's a fan. It's yeah. been a hard time for the, the Jewish people right now, and it mm -hmm. is nice to have her on your side. Exactly, exactly. When all you have in wrestling is MJF, 
I mean, he's great, yeah. but he, is he really yeah, on Cole your Cole Cabana, too. There is Colt Cabana, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, because what a day in wrestling, though, because transition from that to um, AEW in Seattle. <laughs> um, with a very excited crowd, you were not. You text. I was. I was doing something. I didn't catch the show until later. You texted me. And I was like, "Yeah, this crowd is very excited to see professional wrestling." It was. It was bizarre. Like it. Honestly, I was messaging with our friend uh, Tag and and uh, our co-host Derek as it was going on, and it, the crowd being so amped for literally everything became such a bit like to me it was almost like they were the town in footloose where dancing <laughs> was outlawed and dancing just became legal today and they got to dance legally for the first time and they loved it like had wrestling not been there in a while like what i mean they I think were big wrestling into- not a ton you know because i mean defy is in seattle right and they're like but then but they're very excited i mean defy gets pretty big crowds and sells out sometimes and that is my understanding and yeah, I think they're just I think they just love wrestling. They haven't gotten a ton of it. Um That was a big arena since, too. Yeah. Um it was, especially since like Portland. Portland died in like the early nineties. Um, so like I don't think there was a ton of indie re- I think they've been starved for it and they got it, you know. I promise Seattle they will be back soon. I mean for as full as that big arena was and as hot as that crowd was. Right now, this year, 2023, Seattle is the city to beat. I don't know if I've ever seen, even in 2022, I don't think I saw a city more excited to have wrestling in it than yeah. Seattle. Um, when They've the got acclaimed... to do a big Danielson match for it there. Oh. Because well, tonight we just got Danielson beating the crap out of Tony Nese, which was fun, but, you know. Honestly, I could have gone, a tw- I could have had that for a 20-minute match. They started so hard. I was like, this, I forgot that Tony Nese is fun. Um, but they, they really hit us with a lot of Seattle people. So I guess Swerve is a Seattle guy. Aubrey right. Edwards is Seattle. And then the main event is Darby Allen, who's Seattle. So they, they hit him with hometown people throughout the show. But God damn, you guys thought you gave the acclaim to big, big welcome in Chicago. Seattle, like the way I described it to Derek and, and Teg was the, the, in Seattle tonight. The acclaimed could have fucked every man, woman, and child in that building consensually. Uh, that is how over the acclaimed was in Seattle. I believe you're describing the Rock and Roll Express in Charlotte in 86. That's exactly <laughs> the. And the thing is, Garrett, sometimes they did. Sometimes. <laughs> A lot of mullets in that building. A lot of babies with molds nine months later. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Danielson. So they basically set up. Uh, it looks like the Revolution match is going to be Danielson, like, assuming he gets through all the challengers. I don't know. Will he? Will he or won't he? Um, Danielson against MJF in an Iron Man match, which is an interesting like challenge for MJF for sure. It I'm I'm glad they're I love an Iron Man match. Bri, uh Daniel Bryan and an he's still Daniel Bryan. In an Iron Man match is perfection. That sounds like he was born for it. 
MJF, on the other hand, is the guy who every match ends up having to prove me wrong or my brain wrong, where I'm just like, I, in my mind, I'm like, he's good on the mic, but he still can't do it. Even though every match ends up being pretty good an hour though. Does he have that Jordan Oliver stamina? Chris, <laughs> I don't know. it's a great question. Um, I do, but I do also like that part of the framing of the match is a bit of the meta framing of like, yeah, prove it mjf like we know like we know you're good you've gotten a lot better but now you've got to go wrestle an hour match with danielson show us that you can be the like classic champ and do that i think that's going to be very interesting to see that is Uh, i mean and presumably not the main well i guess that would be the main event because he's the he's the champ to end man that's something we've not because i was talking like we haven't seen an iron man match in aew yet other than, uh, I guess we, Tag was reminding me that we had Kenny Omega versus Pac, but like a 30 minute one. It was a 30 um, minute match. Yeah. So that, I feel like that's different. Um, D- Derek said the last Iron Man match he could remember. And I know the only one hour I can think of, <laughs> of recent, is that Deppen Oliver match that ended up going two hours. But right. Derek was saying that in WWE, the last one he could remember was Angle versus Lesnar. Yeah, I feel like there must have been one more recently, but I'm drawing a blank on um, on who that. There's probably something over an Impact we just didn't see. T- NWA's been doing our Broadways with Tyrus every week. We just uh... <laughs> well, the Impact did do Bailey and and Alexander did an out. It wasn't a. Um, it wasn't an Iron Man, but they did go an hour a few weeks ago. Um, wait, was there was a women's? Uh, you actually now that you say Bailey, did Bailey and Sasha do an Iron Man match? That's I think that you're right. I think um, I think that's right. Like maybe an NXT, and it was like a whole episode of NXT was just them doing an Iron Woman match. Because they love, there was that that period where Triple H was like, "We're gonna do the first of everything," and they like really hit. It, it, that had to have happened. Yeah, Bailey versus. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm trying to find the exact details. The other, the most recent main roster one, as best I can tell, appears to be, I swear to God, John Cena, and Randy Orton in 2009 which i had buried that in my emotions (laughs) just buried it within me um john cena wrestled an hour mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is probably not super exciting the man him and randy orton for an hour like that you know what that's somebody's punishment on the show next week if one of us makes a real pud move, you got to go back and watch that shit and write a, a book report on it. <laughs> so Bailey and Sasha, you know, also, so the, there were a couple of 30 minute ones on the main roster since then. Uh, Charlotte and Sasha went 30 minutes. Cesaro and Sheamus against the Hardys in 2017. And Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins went but that was good. a half hour. But those are half hours, which I, I I feel like is very different, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned this a bunch on the show, but I mean, 
in the last four years or something. I don't know. I was in Atlanta for a Ring of Honor show. It was Jay Lethal versus mm. Jonathan Gresham, half hour Iron Man match. Uh, I know that year it was one of the best matches I saw live. And I wonder if it plays back well, but I remember at that night, like those are just two very good wrestlers <laughs> that were yeah. super capable of that. Um, yeah, no, I love an Iron Man match. That, that definitely has my interest peaked. And then honestly, just tonight was a really good, good dynamite. There was just really swerve and uh, AR Fox were awesome. I would love to see them get some time on a pay-per-view to, you know, Mm -hmm. do, do 20 minutes with no commercial breaks. And then Joe and Darby, like that just, that was nonstop crazy. And they, they put on a show and I loved that he, that uh, Joe and his promos kept referring to Darby as the little dead boy. Yeah, I know. I like that too. The Joe promos were delightful. I also enjoy very jokey and fun. Like I like that um, Max Caster used the, the ankle lock on, on in the match after all the controversy this week with like Karen Angle, uh, Karen Jarrett uh, talking about talking shit after the the promo and uh, or the rap, I guess. And uh, I liked it. I also liked that. I feel like Jarrett was trying to keep a, a straight face during Max Caster's rap and was just like, "That's a good one." That's actually a pretty good one. Um, plus, we got we got the setup for um, the final setup. It seems for Hangman against uh, Mox, which is I'm all in on. I'm ready to see that one. Mox uh, said, "Fuck live on TV twice tonight." Twice. <laughs> I will. Say, I would be remiss. So you know, I, I think we have to we have to wrap our episode a little bit earlier than normal tonight. I would be remiss if we don't discuss a little bit about. So you mentioned Jordan Oliver. Have you seen what Jordan Oliver's match is for this weekend at GCW? Is it like, is it a good, is it somebody that you're like, why him? Garrett. Yes. In Chicago. Oh God. Saturday night. Uh huh. Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne are a team against Matt Tremont. And Nick fucking Gage. Oh my god! So, do you pizza cutter the man that got you back in shape? Yes, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) That I think I think he Gage is going to go up to him and after before the match, he's like Jordan, Jordan, I love you. You, I, you mean so much to me. But your penis hole is going to be red as fuck at the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Uh, Part of me wants to just say we can't do better than that. And that is how you end the the show. Because that's that's a good punchline for the end. Um, Yeah. did Did you watch any of the GCW this weekend? Did you see the um the the rumble? I didn't watch day two at all. I watched day one, uh, Los Macisos versus Masha and Akira mm. was a pretty fun hardcore tag match. Um, that's really the only one. Oh, and then fuck who fought Ali, uh, the, the, the Japanese girl. Oh, Maki Ma- Ito. Maki Ito. Uh, she pizza cuttered Ali cause Nick, Gage introduced the match and there there was some uh, talk between the two of them and I guess she's uh 
she's you know gang gang affiliated mm-hmm. and midway through the match reaches under the ring and she takes Allie four corners of the ring she's bleeding all over as uh she pizza cutters her, and that was that's pretty great mm. and then uh leon slater that guy mm. impressed me i think it was him versus deppin i had not seen him before i don't know where he comes from england i believe okay okay cool he was yeah, on he the was... last jcw show that we were at he was in one of the um tag matches I, yeah i think he's gonna be good he's one of those guys he's like so young that you're like it's a little he he and nick wayne wrestled the next day and i watched that match and i was like they were talking about like it's like yeah it's a little weird you're like wow this is good but also these guys are children so they're gonna be better soon <laughs> it yeah he was very good in this match and it was somebody that was like man and in, in a, a few months or something seeing this guy square up against like a, a blake christian it it seems like they were just kind of made to do that for each other and that he is very Blake Christian-esque in his skill set. Yeah. Um, very excited for who they set up as the winner of the Rumble to get the, I guess, the next or whenever a match with Gage. Um, I think that's going to be... Who was that? Oh, okay. Well, guys, I didn't want to spoil for you if you didn't. Um, the winner of the Rumble was Masha Slamovich. No shit. So Masha in versus Gage is something we're going to get in the not too distant future. That would be a fun one. I mean, I can't think of a lot of Nick Gage intergender matches, but the main one I think of is in Austin when he fought Allie. And that was great. And yeah. I think Masha, based off her match she just had with Macisos, seemed like she'd go pretty hard. So that sounds cool as shit. Yeah, I think that's going to be really good. Um, we also watch it. I think you watch a little bit of it too, right? I watched the, the JCW show because we rang in the new year. Um, first with our pals. So I was able to kind of get my daughter to kind of sit down and watch me because it opened with the main event against each other because it was Battle Bowl, right? So random draw tag matches. This was very confusing to a four-year-old trying to explain, okay, they pick them. And so now it's like, why are they fighting each other? It's like, well, they have to, because they want to win the match because they want to get this ring. It's like, but who are, whose team are they on? Are they on each other's team? And I was like, this is very confusing. We basically spent the entire match with me desperately attempting to explain the rules. Um, and just accepting that this is, we were just going to do this in a loop for the entire time. Um, but damn they, them. <laughs> That's they, that is too that's too hard to explain. It's too hard to explain. But she then just you know saw was, them be friends. You know what was easy to explain? You know it was really easy to explain? Uh Beastman and Sam Stackhouse against Yoya and Mago. <laughs> She's like, oh, those guys are really big. Those guys are really little. So this is gonna be <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes, very You also got to learn shapes story. while she watched. <laughs> but but man, so I as like you know, hey, look, it's the beast man. And she's like, is he a beast or a man? I don't get it. And then, but then he started, he walked out and he got selected. And we got a beast man, husk, beast man, beast man, husk, husk, husk chant, husk chant going on the couch. And it was, um, again, a really heartwarming moment. Um, Help beast man get to the finals, even. He got, he got to the finals. He was in that. Uh, I, I thought it was a good, um, I just, I liked the show. It was like, if, if you, are looking for something to put on it's on youtube it's barely over two hours long they did a, a really good job i thought with the battle bowl selection segments seeing the guys like get picked and there was like a running bit where carrie morton comes out like having just taken a shower and like it's kind of <laughs> not like annoying people and uh taking his uh, thing off and um 
so yeah i i thought it was a, a fun show and uh worth uh worth the time to sort of check out and uh i agree yeah. properly linked wrestling shows are hard to come by just like a a decent like watchable length for somebody who isn't a huge fan that doesn't want to make the time commitment of watching a, a four-hour epic yeah well i also really like the jcw shows because so many indie wrestling shows don't give you like a reason to distinguish between them and another indie wrestling show you're like okay the there's a bunch of good matches on this one there's a bunch of good matches on the next show there's a bunch of good matches on the show from another promotion to state away whereas all the jcw shows with the gimmicks the battle bowl and the survivor series uncensored you know they're like oh like you would watch this show because you can see these guys who are good but also they're gonna do weird they're gonna do a battle bowl thing it's gonna be kind of weird and it's gonna be different than what you've seen them do before and you're like oh okay great now i'll i can engage with them and see them do something different maybe i'll like one of them a a little bit more i'll be able to follow them on the indies down the line kind of thing um yeah it's been a weird week in wrestling it's been a very weird and interesting and um exciting week in wrestling Uh, good start to 2023 like truly yeah we Truly, came in like, with some Beast Man, and we got some classic New Japan. Classic New Japan started off with a banger AEW. I am apparently we get to watch Jordan Oliver get carved up this weekend. I mean, it's off to a good start. January is great. I do need to mention uh, next week. Hopefully, we can get Heater on next week to talk about this. Kobk is doing a show, a no ring show at the Cobra in Nashville. Uh, Cobra, awesome dive bar. And right now, um, I don't have the whole card in front of me. Couple big matches. The t- two that'll matter to people who listen to this show. Hardway Heater versus Hoodfoot and a no ring match in Nashville. Also on that card, Sawyer Wreck versus uh, Billy Starks for the first time ever. I think maybe they fought each other in a tag match at some point, but this was their first singles match and they beat gcw to making that so uh come out to that show that'll be fun and hopefully we can get him on next week to to chat about that for a bit yeah i'm curious why why no ring uh small bar oh okay well, that, i truly know. don't think there would be room for one in there <laughs> i think it the the way that bar is laid out like you could brawl all over but i think if you put a ring in that immediately hinders how many people you can fit in that bar I was hoping there was a story about what it means to be KOBK and that, you know, that, no, well, rings don't, you know, rings don't handle us. Well, then cut that. It's because rings can't handle KOBK. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Is there a putt of the week before we get out of here? Uh, I don't know. I feel like things have been good, but there must be a putt here somewhere. Um, You know, you know, the putt of the week is. and I don't mind him most days, but when he gets put next to Don Callis, it's Chris Charlton. Um, <laughs> he seems like a nice boy. He tries really hard. But when you're like, after when you've got to listen to him after you've heard just like Don Callis call like, a, like literally the, the, the match ended and that they'd been perfectly describing. And he was like, Chris Charlton was like, there's just no words for this. And I'm like, yes, there are. You're an announcer. <laughs> That's your job. I'm going to add one with you because I did not attend WWE in Nashville, but I did decide to tune in on TV for the first time. 
and man, Corey Graves sucks. Uh, I didn't used to think that, but he just sounds like video game cut phrases now. And <laughs> like, it made me pine for the days of Michael Cole listening to Corey Graves out there by himself, just being like, he hit him so hard. Or you just like <laughs> dumb shit or like, there was like masked men that came out and distracted uh, Alexa bliss. And he's like, she needs to quit being distracted by the WWE universe. Even I don't think Michael Cole was ever. So he'd be like, no, those are scary masked men. <laughs> Normal WWE universe is just, uh, just, just people. Um, I hated it. I hated every fucking second. I watched that and I'm so happy. I didn't spend $40. I'm, I'm but sorry. If you'd if gone, it, you wouldn't have had to hear Corey Graves. It's true. I actually thought as I was watching it, this is better live because I don't have to hear hear this shit. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. So there's your putts. It's announcers. It's announcers. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the 2023 so far. It's it's great. You're going to have a, it seems like it's going to be a great year Uh, at predetermined podcast on Instagram at Garthead on Instagram at Chris Miggs on Instagram. Facts is uh, Jimmy Lloyd's IMDB page. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and our goddamn music <laughs>